Pharisee, I preach the gospel. I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals. You're not reformed, so that's a risk. I believe the five points like an asterisk. I repent, but you're in sin still. I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of SolarCast. It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez, and I'm with my man, Jimmy Delosano. Hey, what's up, brother? What's going on, Jimmy? How you doing, Pastor Chris? I know much, man. Just excited to record on this Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah recording on uh, our day off. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's Memorial Day. The reason we had to is because you you took a little uh, right a little vacation there with your with your wife. Uh, sixteen years, right? Right, sixteen years, man. Wow, it's an accomplishment, years. bro. That's yeah. a, that's that's a big deal. Praise man. God, man! All yeah. glory to God. Yeah, yeah. So happy anniversary, man. Thank you, thank you, and man. Tell Christina yeah. when when you get home that I said happy anniversary. Oh man, dinner, she so. would appreciate that. <laughs> she would appreciate that. But yeah, man. So yeah, we couldn't record this weekend. I was out, so we're recording on this nice, uh, beautiful Memorial Day, man. It's yeah. a nice day today. Yeah, it is a nice. It is a nice Nice day. The, the weather's been uh, really nice to us lately. Uh, yesterday, I had my first big grilling event here at the house. Uh, yeah, so I yeah. bought a barbecue grill, trying to get ready for a men's night that we're going to have for yeah, the church. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, so anybody but, in the Dallas area, you're, you're welcome to join us. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you know, it's a, a men's thing. It's a men's thing. It's a men's night. Yeah. yeah. For the, you know, the, the church. And there's others invited, but. Uh, right. You know, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time Friday night. But yesterday was my my daughter's twenty second. My youngest daughter's uh, turned twenty two yesterday. Yeah, and so we did a little uh, birthday party for her yesterday. Birthday to her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good time. I, I think you know uh, we got everything kind of broken down. I you know I got some lights for the patio and. It's working out. Um, so you can tell we're, we're again, we're at my house. Facebook living, man. We're Facebook living like we have before. And so hopefully there'll be some people that are watching us put the podcast together. But here we are. Here we are, man. <laughs> I heard you, uh, you did well, man, on your, uh, your well. sermon yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I look at it. It's kind of funny. There is a clock, I think, on the wall over there. And I was looking at the clock and thinking, man, we're going short here, right? Right. Like, because we, you know, you gave you gave several people different parts uh, of the liturgy to go ahead and go through. And so as we went through, I noticed that there was no little, I guess, fluff in the middle. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it, but right. it seemed like it seemed like it went. And then my sermon, uh, yours normally go, what, 40 minutes? 35, 40, 35 yeah. to 40, right. And I did 20. Right. So <laughs> it was like we got out of church way early. But you know, it is what it is. It was my it was my first uh, real one as an elder. Oh candidate. man, there's some good reviews. So man, I, where I'm, there's some good reviews, I'm really appreciative of everybody, man. You yeah. and and all the other brothers that did uh, took part in stepping up yeah. and helping us, giving us a, a week off. You know, I think it's really important as a church to know that the church is more than just uh, the pastor, right? It's more than the pastor and his family. You know, if we're not there, everything should just, it shouldn't skip a beat, right? It should, it should continue right. going because the church is not about one person or one family. It's about the people of God that worship together. So I think the more we do things like this, the better it is as a church, you know, builds us up. We yeah. keep running into the same Coffee's situation. ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee's ready again. Again, yeah, this yeah. happened last week. It's yeah. so funny that it's uh, that it happened. And uh, you know, I, it was it was a good time yesterday. I think the the church came together, and we did want to give you you know a day off. Where you know, hey, go celebrate your anniversary, Pastor. Go go do what you're going to do. So we you know as a church, we want to yeah. do that for you. Appreciate and so, it. Um, yeah, it, it, was it was we had, good. We had fun, man. We don't. Me and my wife, we're not uh, risk takers, or you know, we don't we don't do a lot of. Adventurous things. We just we just like to relax. Man. I saw you some know? adventure though, man. I saw something posted on Facebook that was like, "That's adventure right there." Shooting at a gun range. Oh, a gun range. Yeah, it's probably the. <laughs> 
that's probably the most adventurous. But we don't do anything other. Uh, we, you know, we don't take elaborate elaborate trips or anything like that. Yeah, Although we are tra- we are planning to go to New York this fall, man. So we'll, yeah. hopefully that works out. But um, yeah. So we just kind of just relax, man. We 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 have five kids, man. So just being able to sleep in is 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 a vacation for us, right? You know, right. Sleep, being able to uh, have some time on our own without. You know, always tending to a baby's need. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just that's it's a gift, man. So it is a gift. Good. It is it a is gift. Good. So I'm glad that y'all got to go. Everything's still there. And again, that was the uh, I ended up thinking about this. Uh, I shut down Ecclesia at, at 18, 19 Singleton Boulevard. You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shut it down. So that was the last week there. That, right? that was our last uh, Sunday there. Yeah, so, so next, next week Sunday. we're going to be at our new location. Yeah, yeah. we'll be at so the We're excited about it. But anyway, man, to the issue of the day. Uh, sure. So many of the listeners that have been listening to the podcast know that uh, our name, Solacast, is, is based off of the five solas of the Reformation. And last week, we set out to start a new series discussing the five solas. And we kicked it off last week. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast, you might want to go back and listen to it. But we kicked it off last week discussing the doctrine, uh, one of the five solas of the Reformation, which is the doctrine of sola scriptura. Scripture alone, right? So we said for the next several weeks, we're going to be continuing talking about the five solas of the Reformation. These are just five doctrines that the Reformation stood on. And again, brother, you want to go ahead and and run them down? Sure, sure. Sola Scriptura, Sola sola Fide, Sola Gratia, Solus Christus, uh, and Soli Deo Gloria. Which says Scripture alone, faith alone. Grace, Grace alone, alone, Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. For the glory right? of God so, alone, yes. So today we're going to be talking, again, last week we talked about Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone. Today we're going to be looking at the doctrine of Sola Fide, right. by faith alone, right? right so right. this is a, an important doctrine that came out of the Reformation. It is one that most Protestants hold to or should hold to today. Uh, but we're going to, again, we're going to press a little deeper. Because again, like I said last week, if you ask most people that are Christian, most Protestants, and if you ask them, do you believe that you are saved by faith alone? Most people are going to say yes, yeah. right? So yeah. what we like to do, uh, especially when we're discussing doctrine, is push down a little further. And what, is, what does that actually mean, right? What do, let's get to the, to the root of things. So that's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode. We're going to look at the doctrine of sola fide. And like we always like to do when we discuss things, we like to define them. So let's right. go ahead and define sola fide. What is sola fide? By faith alone. Now, alone, just the words sola fide can be a little confusing to maybe a lay person that's thinking about that. If I just to say by faith alone, because we have such differing opinions on what faith is in some in some arenas that uh, we I want to I want to get a little more uh, clear about this. So I'm going to say this. We are justified this is part of soteriology. This is part of the salvation process. We are justified by faith alone. That's what we mean by faith alone. It is how we get saved by right. faith alone. Right. Um, it isn't. And when we talk about faith, there's so many there's so many dis- definitions out there that you know. Hey, if you would just have uh, enough faith, um, you could you know you could be healed, you know, or something like that. So. People are looking at faith in a different way. So I'm going to take, I'm going to define faith, but I'm also going to define justification because it's important for us to know that this is what we're talking about, justification by faith alone. And so first of all, faith, uh, the definition that we have for it, uh, most people know what it is, or actually, you know, they'll look to uh, Hebrews 11.1 saying, now faith is the substance of of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But truly faith is this, complete trust 
or confidence in someone or something. There's a second uh, definition here that says it's a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Now, see, that second definition kind of gets me because that's talking about blind faith. Right. And I don't think we're talking about blind faith here. No. Right. So there's there's some there, there's more substance to this uh, than that. Uh, I would go with the first definition. Uh, so what we're talking about, complete trust or confidence in someone or something that someone that I'm talking about is Jesus Christ. Right. Now, this is this is where we're going to go. We're going to get a little deeper in that in a minute. But I also want to define justification. There's two, again, two definitions here. Uh, the first one is the action of showing something to be right or reasonable. But the second one is a theology uh, definition, which says the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. And see, that's a good, that's a good little definition right there. How can we be made right in the sight of God? Right. Right? And that's where we get to, if I'm going to be justified, made right in the sight of God, how is it done? It's done by faith alone. Right. There's, there, there's, there's a couple of definitions just to get us started off on the, yeah. on the discussion. No, and I think that's a good definition. And, and when we look at when we look back at the Protestant Reformation, and we see why this doctrine was so important, we're going to have to look again, like we looked last week. We're going to have to look to Rome, right? Right. Because Rome. Now, one of the misconceptions out there is that Rome teaches justification by works, and Protestants teach justification by faith. Uh, but that's not really true. Uh, if you actually look at, at Rome and did you look at the way they uh, define uh, justification, they actually do say uh, that faith is required for justification. They actually right. do, right? right. So uh, I think one of the misconceptions is that they don't, that they say you're justified by works, which that's not true. And I think a lot of Protestants paint uh, Catholics in a bad light by saying that. But we want to be honest. When we're having a discussion, we want to be honest. And at the Council of Trent, which was uh, held around uh, 1545, which was kind of a counter-council, the Catholic, Catholic Council, it was kind of a counter to the Protestant Reformation. Uh, they, they did declare that justification was by faith. However, it was not faith alone, right? So um, there was still some merit that needed to be had. So the problem that, that they had, that a lot of the Reformers had with Rome, wasn't necessarily that Rome had a problem with justification by faith. Rome had a problem with justification by faith alone. Alone is the key word. Right, right. right? So Sola is the key word there, right? Because Rome would say that you do need faith in order to be justified, but they would add to that that you would need merit. Specifically, if you need, if you had certain types of sins, you know, you had a, a sin that uh, was more egregious than, than others, then you would need a certain merit to be cleansed from those sins, right? right. And you do that by by penance or or through purgatory, through washing away the sin in purgatory and so forth, which we don't see in Scripture. So that is why the, the reformers in the Protestant Reformation uh, held and really established this doctrine of sola fide, that no, this is not right. We are not justified by faith and something else, by faith and merit, by faith in purgatory. We are justified right. by faith in Jesus Christ alone, his work on the cross, what he accomplished. Right, right. You know, I've heard it, I, I've, I've often heard it said, um, anything that says Jesus plus something else is incorrect. Right. So just to kind of parse that out a little bit and, and stretch it out some, uh, if there's anything that you're doing that you think are injuries to your salvation, uh, check again, right? right. That's, that's kind of the, the, the gist of what you just said. But I want to I go to, because we're, we're, we're starting with Rome. We're talking about what Rome, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, when the Protestant reformers came out of, the, out of that uh, 
and you know started the started the Reformation, there were certain things. Now I'm reading out of uh, Burkhoff's uh, Systematic Theology, Louis Burkhoff, and uh, he's got he's got something in here. Uh, the Roman Catholic conception of faith. He gives us three points. There's more to it, but he said uh, these three points deserve our attention. And I'm kind of going to go through them a little quickly, but I think they deserve a, a little bit of a, a shout, you know, so, so that we understand. The first one, the Church of Rome obliterates the distinction between historical and saving faith by teaching that faith consists in a mere assent to the doctrines of the church. This faith is one of seven preparations for justification in baptism. And you hear that? Right. Seven preparations for justification. In the way that we would believe as Reformed Baptists, we would say that uh, justification is a one-time thing that, that happens when we're regenerated. Right. And so they, for baptism, and therefore necessarily precedes this, but as, purely, as a purely intellectual activity, it naturally does not lead to salvation. A man may have true, that is, biblical faith, and yet be lost. Insofar, the Church of Rome applies her principle of externalization also to faith. So it's just saying that you can have this assent and, and uh, have faith in what the church says and still be lost. Right. Because you've not been regenerated. Right. So number two, he says it, it, it has also virtually removed the element of knowledge from faith. Now, this one gets me because <laughs> when I read this, I was like, are you kidding me? One may be considered a true believer if one is but ready to believe what the church teaches without really knowing what this is. Now, see, when I read that, I went back to that definition of faith and said, okay, that's that, that's that second one, what we call blind faith, right? I'm not asking anybody that's listening to this podcast to go on blind faith, right? right? We know in whom we believe. We know and we, we study and we grow in the, in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Last week when we were talking about Sola Scriptura, we were talking about being like the Bereans and, and searching the Scriptures to see if these things are so. Right. But here it says that Rome is saying, if one is but ready to believe what the church teaches without really knowing what this is. Such a faith is called fides implicita, in distinction from the fides explicita, which includes knowledge. By teaching that it is sufficient to believe what the Ecclesia Docens teaches, the Roman Catholic Church applies the principle of clericalism. So basically they're saying, hey, don't worry about it. We got this for you. Just trust that we got this for you. Don't even look into the subject. And I got to say, that's dangerous. Right. And I'm just going to quickly talk about the third one real quick, and then we'll move on. But there is still another point which characterizes the Roman Catholic doctrine of faith, namely the distinction between fides informis and fides formata. The former is the mere assent to the doctrines of the church, while the other is a faith which includes love as a formative principle and is perfected in love. This is the faith that really justifies. Now, that's according to the Roman Catholic Church. If you can begin to love, right? Right. Then then you can be justified, yeah. which we'd see, we'd see it the other way around. Uh, right. Because I've been regenerated, because I've been born again, justified in the sight of God, he's given me a heart for people. Right. Right? I can't love on my own. Right? This is what this makes me think that, that, hey, build up your love and then you can be justified. Right. It's a works-based system. Right. To ground it off in Scripture, let's just go ahead and I'll go to Romans 3.28. Uh, where we read, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Uh, so 
there it clearly says that a man is justified, made right in the sight of God by faith apart from work. So it is the faith that justifies mankind. It is the faith that justifies the individual. And the reason why this is so important is because I think adding anything to it tramples on the blood of Christ, right? Because Christ shed his blood and it was a high price that he paid to purchase the elect, to purchase all those who would believe in his name. It was right. a high price. And if we say that that price that he paid wasn't enough, that we have to add merit or any type of works, and we're trampling on that blood. And we're saying that, you know what, it wasn't sufficient. The cross is not sufficient. So the reason why sola fide, the doctrine of sola fide is so important, and the reason why we're so passionate as Protestants about it is because this is what, what separates us from other religions. Many other religions teach there's a way to God by doing something. Right. There's a way to God by uh, by doing works or by, by doing some type of religious activity. But we say, no, the only way to God is through Christ, a, a God's crucified Son. Yeah. That's how we come to God. And any other way is a, is a distortion of the gospel. And when we talk about adding things or doing this or doing that, rather than coming to God through faith in Jesus Christ and we're adding things to the gospel, we're trampling on the gospel, we're distorting the gospel, we're creating another gospel, which... Really is no gospel at all. There's only right. one true gospel. Right. And and just to piggyback off of what you're saying there, anytime and I would say that all religions apart from Christianity, true Christianity, are works based. Right. There's always something in the uh in the nation of Islam, uh Muslims, there's five pillars of Islam, right? You ha- you have to make take a trip to Mecca once in your life. You have to pray five times a day. You have to give a certain amount of money, I think it's 2% of your income uh, throughout your entire life. There's Ramadan. There's other things that you have to do. You have to keep these five pillars right. in order to make it into paradise. And then it's only if Allah is merciful that day. Right. And so th- these are things. Every other religion that, apart from Christianity is a works-based religion. And that that was what we were trying to say as a reform as a reformation was happening. Hey, it isn't what we do. It's what God has already done. Yes. And I've heard uh, Todd Friel put it like this when he's out on Witness Wednesdays. Every other religion is a do religion. Christianity is a done religion. Right. It's already done. Yes. When Christ was on the cross, he said, it is finished. The work's been done. What we need to do, right, is, is place our complete trust and reliance on him and the work that he's done. Right. But the only way we can do that is through faith. And it's important that we know where it comes from. So I've got Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 here that says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Yes. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's important to know faith is also a gift that's given to us. Right. Right? So justified by faith because God gave us that faith. Yes. It's so important that we know and understand that's where it comes from. Right. Right? So the glory can go to the right place. That's right. You talk about faith being a gift. The confession, the 1689 London Baptist Confession, talks about that. In chapter 11, verse 1, where it talks about on justification, it says, uh, Those God effectually calls, he also freely justifies. He does this not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins and accounting and accepting them as righteous. He does this for Christ's sake alone and not for anything produced in them or done by them. 
He does not impute faith itself, the act of believing, or any other gospel obedience to them as their righteousness. Instead, he imputes Christ's active obedience to the whole law and passive obedience in his death as their whole and only righteousness by faith. This faith is not self-generated. It is the gift of God. Mm. And then you wanted to read 11.2. Yeah, sure. Um, The paragraph 2 says this. Uh, faith thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of justification, yet is not alone in the person justified, but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but works by love. Right. And this goes back to, I mean, what I was saying a little while ago is just this is the reason why we, we should hold this doctrine so important. Because the faith that was given to us, the gift that was given to us, the salvation that was given to us, it's not like God just saw our sin and said, you know what, forget about it. You know, you guys are sinners and I just want to just just forget about your sin. I just want to cancel all your debts because and act like it never happened. No, he's a just God. So the sin had to be paid for. And it was paid for. It was paid for by the son. So our righteousness, as it says here in the confession, is just not like it's not like an alien righteousness was just given to us out of nowhere. It was a righteousness that was given to us by the righteousness obtained by Christ. Right. And the forgiveness and the blood it was shed for us by Christ. And so this is a high price. Again, going back to that, this was a high price that Christ had to pay both in his obedience as he obeyed the law on our behalf and also at his death as he took our punishment. So through that, he infused that into us. He, he transferred, he imputed all the righteousness into us. And now all we do is believe it by faith. And then when we go beyond that and we say, no, it's not enough, then again, we're trampling on the cross. We're trampling on his blood. Right, right. And so, yeah, I've, I've heard that so many times. That it's this devaluing of the cross yes. and making what you do more important than that. Right. What could be more important than um, the creator of the universe putting on skin, right. coming to this earth and going to the cross uh, to pay the penalty, to pay the price uh, for my sins, right. for my iniquities, for my transgressions? If I sit here and take any kind of credit, again, go back to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, so that no man may boast. Right. I can't boast in in, in what? Right. What do I have to offer? Uh, again, when we go back to that, um, was it Jonathan Edwards' quote? Uh, I, the only thing that I, that, I, right. that I brought to the table was the sin that made it necessary. necessary. The only thing that I brought to my salvation was the sin that made it necessary. That's why we look to Christ and the finished work that he did on the cross uh, on the cross, and we have faith not only in what he accomplished there but in him in him throughout every, every word that he said, every action that he took everything that we read in the gospels and and, and look to uh, in the inspired word of God last week, sola scriptura this week we're looking at sola fide we say, look, we have total and complete trust in his inspired word right. And what he's done for us. Yes. This is where this faith comes in. But to, to be justified by faith, it, it's only a work of God. And, and that's, what we, that's what we have trust in. That's what we have uh, faith in. Right. So we talked about Rome and, and why it was so important for the reformers to rely on this doctrine of sola fide. So let's look at it today. Jimmy, what would you say today? What, what kind of battles are we dealing with when we talk about this issue of sola fide? Well, I think that... People don't really get, um, again, to, in today's world, we deal a lot with charismatics. Right. Um, that's where we come from. 
you know, so when you deal with a Catholic person, a lot of times they don't even know their own religion because they they've been just trusting that the church has got right. this right. Nominal. Yeah, yeah, nominal. And so, but when you deal with a charismatic, uh, what you're what you're dealing with is someone that says, um, "Yeah, I have faith. Yeah, faith alone saves me." But what they're trusting in is their own faith. Right. They're having faith in faith. Right. Right. And it's like, okay, as long as you have enough faith, as long as you can muster up enough faith. Right. Right. And you can have it. See, but you're losing track of the fact that faith is a gift from God. Right. And so it's it's important to know that, yeah, God didn't leave this up to chance. Right. He didn't leave this uh, to uh, I hope you're going to say that you have faith or I'm, I hope that you're going to have some faith in me. Right. Or Let's see how much faith you can have. And, you know, he didn't leave that to chance. Right. No, that's why he gave it to us as a gift. Yeah. Right. John one twelve tells us this. And to those that believe on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those that become children of God, those that believe on his name have been given a seed of faith. They've been given the seed of faith that, that, you know what, as long as we study fast and pray, remember we talked about that last week, we keep on growing in this knowledge, our faith gets stronger. We go from weak faith to strong faith. I know when I first started, there was a lot of things that, 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 you know, I kept slipping, I kept, you know, making mistakes, I kept doing this, I kept doing that. But you know what, I always kind of had a hunger to come back to the word and see what what God was uh, trying to tell me through his Holy Spirit, revealing to me his word, showing me that here's how your faith grows. Right. By just a daily, one day at a time, devotion to his word, because he's already done a good work in you. Right. He's already started that good work in you. Yeah. And so the thing that we ha- that, that we deal with today is people on the streets that believe because I have enough faith. Right. Right. But they're still working for it. Right. You know, I, I hear that same thing all the time. Well, yeah. I mean, going back to our encounters in evangelism, when I ask somebody on the street, if you were to die, I usually like to pose, this is my favorite question to pose. If you were to die tonight, God forbid, I always tell them, if you were to die tonight and you were to stand before God and he was to ask you, why should I let you to heaven? What would your answer be? And about 80% of the time I get because I'm not that bad or because I'm a good person or because I haven't done this or haven't done that. And that goes to the issue of works. Right. You know, I am justified. What they're saying, now they don't know what that word means. They're not using that terminology. But what they're saying is I'm justified because of who I am and what I do. Right. Rather than I'm justified by my faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for me. So that is the issue that we're dealing with in the secular. The world thinks that in order to get to God, they just got to be a good person. They just got to be good. They just got to do good deeds. They just not. They just have to be better than the next person, right? right. Uh, and that they'll be able to get to God. And in the church, we still deal with legalism. We've had an episode. If you haven't heard that episode, you can go back and listen to it. We did an episode on legalism. And in the church, many people believe that there's still more to be done. And that is the we talk about the battles that we're fighting today regarding sola fide. Yes, we're still battling the Catholics and their their issue and what they believe, but we're also fighting the secular and what they believe and how they can get to God. And we're also fighting the church because they believe that they can get some type of merit by doing things or by working uh, legalism. And we believe in sanctification. We believe that there are works that we must do. God has saved us unto good works, right? right. James talks about that. Right. But we, we believe that sanctification comes after justification. Right. You are justified when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And then the work of sanctification, God begins this work in you. Through the Holy Spirit is beginning this work of sanctification. In other words, he's making you, he's conforming you more to the image of his son. 
And that is the process of sanctification, drawing you away from sin, uh, leading you to live a holy life. And we believe in that. We're not saying that, that that is not the Christian life. However, many Christians got this backwards. They think that sanctification precedes justification. You need to live a sanctified life and then you'll be justified. Which, no, justification happens the moment you're granted or you're given faith by God. The moment God gives you this faith, then you are justified. You, he has imputed all of the works that his son did to you, and you are seen right in his eyes. And the, it is done, finished, no more, alone, as the sola said, sola fide, it is done, no more needs to be accomplished. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit, as evidence of that saving faith, is going to work in you, and you are going to live a sanctified life. But many Christians, again, flip that around. Right. They think that they need to live this sanctified life so that one day, who knows when that is, God can say, oh, this person has made it. They right. are justified. And that is the issue that I think a lot of our friends in the Pentecostal churches actually are dealing with, right? Let's be honest. A lot of Arminians deal with it, right? You're saved one day, you're not saved the next. You're saved the next day, you know, you're going up every Sunday, you're going up and receiving God again. I remember being in churches where I felt that I needed to go get saved every Sunday, right? Right. So people get saved every Sunday because every week, during throughout the week, they lose their salvation. That's not doctrine of sola fide. That is a doctrine of works. They right. believe in that they have to right. do something, not only to earn their salvation, but also to keep it. Yeah. I want to walk the altar again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to walk that walk over to the altar one more time. And, I, you know, I feel like I need to. I just heard this convicting sermon. And, yeah, I need to go get saved one more time. Right. I, right. I, I don't get that. That's just crazy. You made me think, though. There's a there's a quote that I ha- I found here in uh, Burkhoff's uh, systematic that I think touches on what you're uh, what you're talking about. Now listen to what he says here. This is on his chapter on on faith. It says the reformers, on the other hand, were unanimous and explicit in teaching that justifying faith does not justify by any meritorious or inherent efficacy of its own, but only as the instrument for receiving or laying hold on what God has provided in the merits of Christ. They regarded this faith primarily as a gift of God and only secondarily as an activity of man in dependence on God. The Arminians revealed a Romanizing tendency when they conceived of faith as a meritorious work of man on the basis of which he is accepted in favor by God. Now, see, that's you look at it, and that's kind of you're going into that territory where to be approved of by God, I have to do all these things. I grew up in a, a legalistic community of churches and i tell you at some point i just got tired right i got tired i got worn out okay i'm, I'm trying to keep all these rules and I, you know what i i can't do this so i so i left i'm at 15 I'm, i made the decision I'm, I'm just gonna go live out there you right. know and in, in, in the world and and do this thing so the fact of the matter is legalism i believe can lead you down a path that will eventually tell you you know what? I can't. I can't keep up these rules. I can't right. keep up these laws. Right? All these laws that are put on me only make me want to go the other way. And so, you know, why don't you give in to these things? Right? And so, this work that you've been trying to accomplish. And if you're listening to us out there on this podcast, and you've been relying on your own works this whole time, I tell you, stop. Yes. Stop. Stop. Listen to what we're saying. It's a gift of God. Repent. Cry out to God. Look at your sins. Know that Christ paid for those on the cross. Believe me when I say this. The moment you do, truly repent from your heart. Look to God and say, 
Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. God will give you a new heart, new desires. He'll, he'll plant the seed of faith in you. And then you'll start to see this work. The, the sanctification you're talking about, Pastor Chris, right, right. begins to happen, right? Again, what we're, what we're talking about, being justified by faith alone. Right. Stop right. depending on your works. Right. And one of the one of the blessings that flow from sola fide is just the the assurance that you have, knowing that that you are one of God's, that you are bought with a price, that you have you have been paid for. It is finished. Right. There's there's no returns. There's no exchanges. You have been bought by God. and You are one of His. So again, you, you mentioned rest. Now all you do is rest. You rest in this finished work, knowing yeah. that you are His. That you are a child of God. Now live that out. Now walk that out as a child of God. And I think you know this actually goes to the issue of of the soft prosperity gospel as well. Yeah. I mean, they're always teaching that you need to uh, obtain this level of faith, or you need to achieve this level of faith in order to get this and get that, or get this healing. You need to to go here, and then when you don't have that, or you see other people that have it and you don't have it, then you're always looking at yourself and you're saying, "Why don't I have it? How come I don't have enough faith? I must not believe enough. I must not believe in God enough, and so forth." And then you feel like a lesser Christian, and pretty soon you feel like not a Christian at all. Because you don't have all these things. And again, I think this doctrine of sola fide touches on that. No, it is finished. Once you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, this was a gift given to you by God. Once you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then it is done. There's nothing more that's needed to be done by you. There's not a level of faith that you need to climb to, to, to be a super Christian or a second level Christian or anything like that. Now, is there a call to pursue sanctification? Yes, we've already said that. There is a call to live a holy life, to leave the world behind, to abandon sin and so forth. So there's that high calling uh, to do that. But as far as your justification, when God sees you, he doesn't look at you. He looks at the work that was done by his son first in his life, the righteousness and the obedience that he obtained for all those who who would believe in his name and also through the death on the cross that he uh, shed his blood for all those who would believe his elect. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. That was was good. I'll I'll tell you, 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 you made me start thinking about something. I remember early on, going to Pentecostal churches that I did, right? After getting saved, going to charismatic churches where they would they would tell you, you know what? You got to get to that next level, huh. right? You need to start speaking in tongues, Uh-oh. right? <laughs> I know at some point we'll do a, a, like you said, gifts of the spirit episode. Right. But this one used to get me because why am I not good enough to speak in tongues? Right. Well, as a second class Christian, yeah. again, placing a burden of works on you. Right. Like, you need to speak in tongues is the only way that, right. you know, the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know what? The fact of the matter is when I got saved, yeah. the Holy Spirit was already there. Yeah. Right now, I, I don't know what you're an infilling. You know what they talk about infilling right. or you need a refill of the Holy Spirit. You Baptism. Need a, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I'm sitting here. How, how do I get that? Right. You know, this is, again, placing this burden, this yoke of burden on people just to let them, you know, yeah, you know, you haven't reached that yet, right? This doctrine of sola fide says, no, faith alone. You're justified by faith alone. Once you've been regenerated and you've been justified in the sight of God, faith is there. It's going to grow. You are now a child of God. Right. There's no looking back and there's yeah. no looking like to what more I can uh, receive or I'm, I'm maybe saying that wrong. What more levels I can get to. Right. As a, right. like uh, you were saying, a uh, second-tiered Christian or yeah. higher-class Christian. Yeah. There, there's there's nothing like that. No. The new believer today, 
I've been a Christian almost 20 years, but the new believer today is just as justified as I am. Yes. Yes. Right? He's right. just as justified as I am. Yeah. There is no second-class Christians. Right. Right? If you're in Christ, you're, you're in, in Christ. Christ. Yes. And one of the, again, the beauties of this doctrine is it makes you look upwards. You know, you're not looking in yourself at yourself. Right. At what can I do? What can I accomplish? What can I achieve? You're always looking upwards. You're always looking to the cross. You're looking to God. You're looking at his finished work and saying, everything that I have, everything that I obtained is not because of anything that I've done or any merits or any works that I've done. It is all because it is a free gift of God that he has given to me. So I'm looking upward. I'm looking outside of myself. I'm not looking in. And the problem is, is that many people, many Christians, they're living their life always looking inward. They're always looking at themselves at, at what they can do, at what they can achieve, or what they cannot do, what they haven't achieved, instead of looking upwards and looking at God. And when you look upwards and you look at God, then all these things are going to follow. You're going to want to please him. You're going to want to obey his commands because you right. love him. You're going to want to serve him. You're going to want to neglect the world and follow him. You're going to want to take up your cross and follow Christ because you're looking upwards and you want to be where he is because you have found the beauty of the gift that he has given you. You're not looking at yourself and you're not looking at your works. And when you look inward and when you look at yourself, that becomes a heavy burden. One that we look at and say, I can't do this. This is unobtainable. I cannot get to right. God. And you know what? You're right. You cannot get to God on your own. There's nothing inside of you that is able to get you to God. You need to look outward. You need to look outside of yourself. You need to look to God. You need to receive this free gift that he offers to all those who would believe on his name. This is why the doctrine of sola fide is so important and we're so passionate about it right. because it is by faith alone. Yeah. And you know, and I just want to add because you're talking about those that like I said, I, I couldn't reach that. I, the, right. the, the legalism was too much for me. But what about those guys they think I'm making it, right? right. Now Romans three twenty three tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we've met people on the right. street that I'm good enough. Right. I can be good without God. I can I can I can uh, be that person. And there even there's even some within the church that believe they're sinless now. Right, sinless perfection. So right? perfectionism. Yeah, right. and and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, hold, you're still in this human form. You're you're going to sin. It's you you you've started you started out right, but now you're going wrong. This is why the, this is why the letters to the Galatians was written, uh, because someone's told you something different. Here's the thing, right? You need to live a life of sanctification, repentance, and faith. Is repentance is the heartbeat of a, of a Christian? Always looking uh, at okay, I hate my sin now, and every time I sin, I should see it and say, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry, but not that that gets a salvation, we're already saved. Right. I'm just saying this is what we do. We confess our sins. We we ask for forgiveness. This is this is how he taught us to pray. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. And it's the heartbeat of a Christian to keep on uh, doing that. But it's it's those people out there that believe that they're they're getting it right that have left this doctrine of sola fide. Right. Right. And they're they're looking I want I want to read uh from Romans four uh, this is where we talk about Abraham justified by faith. Um, it's There's 12 verses. You guys, uh, if you're listening, go read these 12 verses. Romans uh, 4, 1 through 12 talks. But I just want to say right here, 4, 4 tells us this. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. I stop right there and I want to say this. If you're out there and you think you're getting it, you're making the mark. Well, you know what? It's no longer a gift, but what you're due. Right. Right. It's. My paycheck. I worked for it. Now give it to me, God. Now you're, you're trying to push God into a corner and say, hey, 
because I worked for it. Now give me what I got coming to me. But sorry, that's not the way it works. We're justified by faith alone. And so not by works. There's nothing you can do to gain it. It is a gift of God. And so really it's important that people read this, uh, this, how Abraham was justified by faith. The fact that he believed that it was counted to him as righteousness. Right. And uh, not the other way around. Right. And so that's what we keep talking about. You're putting the cart before the horse. Yes. If you've got this idea that somehow you have it made. Right. right. Yeah, man. That's good stuff. I think uh, I think we kind of covered what we needed to cover there. But yeah. uh, you could tell we're both kind of passionate about this doctrine, right? Because, <laughs> man, this is the foundation. All these five solas, this is why they're so important to us. Right. This, this is the foundation of what we believe and what we stand on. If we fall on one of these, we fall on everything. You know, we right. fall on everything. We're not who we say we are. We're not trusting in God. So this is why it's so important. But if you have any questions, you have any pushback, anything you want to share with us about this doctrine or any of these doctrines or anything that we talk about, uh, make sure you hit us up on the website. Uh, we're at www.thesolacast.com, or you can find us on Facebook. Just search in the search bar there. Search for Solacast, and make sure you you keep alert. You never know when we're going to record on Facebook <laughs> Live. So, uh, you know, yeah. today we're doing it, and then we, we take it down usually 24 hours, but you can catch a new podcast every Tuesday morning. There's right. a new podcast. So, yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, you say that we're going to take it down 24 hours, but tomorrow the podcast will be out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we need to take it down tonight. <laughs> don't, don't give people a chance uh, right. to, to late into the evening. Right. Uh, yeah, but, but that's yeah. good. And also, you know, find us on Twitter. We're at uh, www. I'm not W. We're w. at Sola underscore Cast, and you're at. At Los Jimmy. And I'm at C. Hernandez 214. Right. And again, if you're in the Dallas area, make sure you join us. We're at a new location this Sunday. EcclesiaChurch.org is where you can find out about our church. But we're at a new location this Sunday. We're going to be at 3232 Batan Street. And you wanted me to spell it this time, right? <laughs> I, I want to spell it because if the people hear us and they want to come visit, okay. they need to know how to spell it. It's not. It doesn't always come off how it sounds. Right. right. How does it spell? B-A-T. A-A-N. B-A-T-A-A-N. It's at the Batan Community Center in right. West Dallas, right next to Trinity Groves. Many people know where that's at. So right. it's like less than a block away, actually. We're like right next door to Trinity Groves yeah. and right next door to the hood, too. So <laughs> we got it all. We got it all. So come on out. Come on out and visit us every Sunday at 1030. But until next time. Let's get to the meat. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip-hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip-flops. And he looks like Suge Knight. I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight. It's not music but clothes that he started. I can't find better shirts in a flea market. Okay, Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, rapping graces, full of slacker.